You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Monday, January 22nd in the year 2018, and I am John B. from GangreenNation.com. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it. Options include iTunes and Spotify, and please leave the show a good review in iTunes if you enjoy it. Super Bowl 52 is set, and it will be the New England Patriots taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Patriots beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC Championship game on Sunday, 24-20, and game that probably will be remembered as a classic up in Foxborough, and then in the nightcap, the Philadelphia Eagles blew out the Minnesota Vikings, a game that really was no contest. Really kind of a disappointing game, a uh, not not much not much not a very memorable game in the NFC title game. So the Patriots win the AFC for the second straight year, fourth time in I'm sorry, third time in four years and eighth time in the Belichick Brady era. And the Eagles win the NFC title for the first time since 2004. And just like that season, the Eagles and the Patriots will play in the Super Bowl. And t- on today's show, I wanted to talk a little bit, get, offer some thoughts on those games. Um, unfortunately, this is because of the way the games went. I think this is a day that's not really going to have a ton of in-depth analysis because I think really the, the takeaways from this game are kind of obvious. Um, in New England, I think really, and this is, I mean, a lot of this is just, just very generic football talk, but that's really, these are really the things you take away from the game is you don't like the guy, he's a tough guy to root for, but you just have to appreciate Tom Brady's brilliance uh, in le- leading a 10-point fourth-quarter comeback without his best offensive weapon. Rob Gronkowski got knocked out of the game late in the first half, down 10 against what has been statistically the number one defense in the league. And he, I mean, some of the throws he made were incredible. Um, you know, it's and I think when we talk about Brady in a historical context, you know, you compare him to other guys, you compare him talking about how many Super Bowls they won, how many big games, the memorable memorable moments. And one thing that really stands out about Brady, I think, is the fact that he's still able to do this at 40 years old. And I think when we, when we talk about a historical context, it's just the longevity. He's been doing this in some shape or form since 2001. And there were points of the game where you could see that his hand injury, that hand injury that was an issue late in the week, you could see he was bothered by it. I mean, there certainly were throws that kind of sailed on him at various points in the game, but when he needed to make a throw, he was on the money. And the fact, again, the fact that he's still doing this at 40 years of age, and listen, you, you've started to see a few subtle cracks in his game this year. You see, he's not the guy, quite the guy he used to be a few years ago, but he's still the best quarterback in the league, as we've said over the last few weeks on this show. And you, again, he's not a guy who's easy to root for, but you have to appreciate his brilliance because some of the throws he made were into incredibly tight windows. They were on the money. They had to be put in a perfect spot with pinpoint precision. And somehow he found a way to do it, and somehow he continues to do it. And you could tell he was not 100% in this game. I, again, I, I certainly saw a number of throws, four or five throws, where he usually makes those throws in his sleep, and they kind of sailed on him. And I think maybe his hand had something to do with it. His hand was wrapped up in this game. So, you know, I'm going to give you the same talking point that every studio analyst will. It's just Tom Brady is unbelievable. Now, on the Jacksonville side, I think if you're a Jaguars fan, uh, first of all, you have to be 
happy with your season on some level. You have to be proud of your team for fighting into the fourth quarter of the AFC title game, coming so close to the Super Bowl. But on another on another level, I think you just have to be sick because, again, 10-point lead on, uh, in the fourth quarter. Defense was playing great at that point, and with... 10 you know with under 11 minutes left you have a third and 18 new england has a 30 third and 18 and brady throws a throws a nice pass over the middle to danny amdola for 21 in the first down but it drives you nuts you have the number one defense in the league third and 18 10 point lead under 11 minutes left and you allow that first down and the pats turn that into a touchdown drive and the pats had nothing going at that point i mean the pats were pulling out trick uh, the they were just trying to manufacture anything because they had no solutions for this defense. And they were trying, they were pulling out trick plays. They were just trying to get, do something to create a spark, something to create some momentum, something to move the ball, pick up some chunk plays. And they couldn't do anything. And then you get to third and 18. And it's not just that you allow the conversions, that you allow Brady a huge window right down the middle, middle of the field. He really did not, I mean, it really was a pretty easy throw. And, he did, Brady did Brady did, did a nice job manipulating a few defenders to create a throwing lane, but just drives you nuts. And then late in the game, you know, the great Saxonville pass rush was nowhere to be found. Um, you know, fourth quarter of the game, like that pass rush that has carried Jacksonville all season long, just totally disappeared. And I saw some Jaguars fans online complaining about the officiating. You know, they they said that the Pats got away with some holds. Maybe maybe they did, but I'll tell you, I've watched the key plays over. There were, there were not holds on the key plays, on the plays that won the Patriots the game. I did not see holding, and I did not see a Jaguar laying a finger on Brady on those plays, getting anywhere close to laying a finger on Brady on those plays. And it's just the kind of thing that, like I said, it, I think it just has to make you sick because on the one hand, you have to be thrilled that your team, which has been a perennial doormat in this league, was able to take the Patriots to the fourth quarter of the AFC title game, get that close to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, it was a big step forward for Jacksonville. But on the other hand, these opportunities just don't come along very often. And I think, unless you're New England, and when they come, you have to take advantage of them. You know, you think about teams in recent... You think about the Jets. Remember the Jets, 2009-2010, people were upset, but they felt like the team would be back. You know, they had a young quarterback. Rex Ryan was looking great those first few years. These opportunities... These windows of opportunity close quicker than you think. And when you don't take advantage, the Jets still have not been back to the playoffs. You think back to Seattle when they lost. That's they, Now, they won the Super Bowl over Denver 2013. They lost to New England a year later on the you know terrible play call on the goal line that led to the Malcolm Butler interception. And a lot of people said, well, they'll be back. They still haven't been back. So when you have an opportunity like this, you have to take advantage of it. And... My my other thought of this game, and this is I'm sure this will be controversial because you look he got a lot of praise for his performance in this game, and you know you look at the the stat line looks good. I'll tell you I thought that one of the big differences in this game was the quarterbacks, and I did not think Blake Bortles was nearly as effective as Tony Romo made him out to be, as a lot of studio guys made him out to be. I give a lot of credit to the Jaguars coaching staff because I thought they had a great game plan. And I thought a lot of the things they did were with smoke and mirrors on offense, a lot of their early offensive success. And I'll tell you, the degree of difficult Bortles hit a lot of passes in this game, but the degree of difficulty on the passes Bortles hit was generally very low. I mean, there were lots of play action, whereas first guy, you know, simple reads where the first guy's open, run pass options where he's got screens to dump, dump off, and then some checkdowns. When Bortles had to make a big-time throw, he just did not do it. Now, there were a couple plays when... 
he had a couple nice back shoulder throws in the game, but just too many big plays that he left on the field. There was the play early where he threw the ball behind Marquise Lee. Everybody's killing Marquise Lee for quote-unquote dropping it. The ball is way behind Lee. All Bortles had to do was lead Lee, and it's a first down. Um, you know, there were other plays that, that come to mind later in the game. The, I'll tell you, the biggest play of the game, the most, the, I think one of the biggest plays in the game happened late in the first half when the Jaguars, out of a timeout, out of a timeout take a delay of game penalty, which is on Bortles. It was a third and seven. They snapped the ball. Nobody heard the whistle, and they hit a pass to New England's 32-yard line to Mercedes Lewis for a first down with little over two minutes left in the first half. But it got waved off because they took a delay of game penalty off a timeout. They're up 14-3 at that point. That pass, at worst, puts them into field goal range. They can probably bleed the clock, prevent the Patriots from getting the ball back. Instead, they have to punt. New England goes right down the field and scores 14-10. And that set the stage for the second half. And the Jaguars, again, you know, they recovered. They took a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. But when Bortles had to make a play to step step up and make a play to win the game, he didn't do it. There was one, I mean, there was one big third down late in the fourth quarter where he made a bad, and again, Jacksonville fans were going crazy because they thought there should have been a penalty. Bortles made a bad read, though. He missed a wide-open receiver deeper down the field. Um, There's one play he actually completed, uh, I believe it was a crossing pattern to Hearns, but he forced Hearns to to adjust to the ball. And you look at the way the Patriots' defense was aligned, if Bortles lays that ball out in front of Hearns, it's a first down. Um, you know, the fourth down play near the end of the game, and Tony Romo claimed it was a great throw by Bortles. It really was not. Um, Stephon Gilmore made a great play. It wasn't a terrible throw by Bortles, and Gilmore did make a great play. But I'll tell you, I watched that play over. I saw a couple different angles. D.D. Westbrook had Gilmore beat, and Bortles threw late. Not only did Bortles throw late, Bortles stepped into a hit, which caused the ball to be a little underthrown. And if Bortles lays that ball out, it, it, he had plenty of room. He, there was no reason he had to step into that hit. Plenty of uh, daylight. He stepped too far up in the pocket. And that hit, caused, again, caused the ball to be a little underthrown. That ball's out to the pylon. Westbrook has Gilmore beat. It's a touchdown. Jacksonville's going to the Super Bowl. And, again, you know, like, everybody's going to – I know people are going to disagree with me on this, but because, of, you know, you look at the stats, you remember some passes he hit – the degree of difficulty on the passes he hit was not high. When he needed to step up and make plays, he did not do it. And I could name, you know, I could name any number of plays. And I think that was one of the stories of the game was the quarterback play. But really, I think it was Brady, it's Jacksonville's defense, not getting the pass rush to him in the key spots. And again, Jaguars fans are upset. They think there should have been calls. I watched the big plays. The big plays they didn't get near near him, and I don't think there was holding on the big plays. And then you have the nightcap, which was a dud and I'll tell you the, the late game on championship Sunday always seems to be a dud uh it's it's kind of incredible I think the last last time we had a good game good late game in the conference championship round was the uh famous Seattle uh San Francisco game where you had the the showdown between Richard Sherman and Michael Crabtree to decide it and the games have just been terrible since then I was looking forward to a good game I thought if nothing else we get a good game probably low scoring lots of defense and the Viking, it, it, you know, we talked about this last week, and this is actually how it played out. Was one of the things I talked about last week is I feel like every team has a game or two a year where everything goes wrong. You know, nothing. You can't catch a break. Your team just comes out, plays lethargic football, plays lousy, and every every team has a game or two where just everything goes right. And the Vikings had one of those games where everything went wrong. I mean, what may have be been the best defense in the league 
definitely was a top two defense. You could argue Jacksonville, Minnesota. It was a bad day for the elite defenses in the league. Uh, Jacksonville, you know, Minnesota just couldn't do anything on defense. It was unbelievable. Blown assignments. Things you have not seen all year long. Blown assignments, missed tackles, just ugly. And then Philly, Philly's defensive line dominated the game up front. Case Keenum really kind of fell back to earth. We've talked about him. We don't really know what he is. He fell back to earth in this game. And the big story is Nick Foles. Nick Foles. I don't think Nick Foles played that well, even in that big year he had 2013 with the uh, under Chip Kelly. I mean, it was the best game of Nick Foles' life. And, you know, from a Jets perspective, I don't want to say this from a Jets perspective because everybody in the Jets universe is rooting against New England, but it reminded me of a game the Minnesota Vikings played in the NFC uh, Championship back in in the 2000-2001 season, so it was like January 2001. Everybody remembers the 98 game, 98-99 game when they lost to Atlanta, blew the late, late lead. People forget two years later they were back in the NFC title game and they played the Giants. They had a, they visited the Giants. And Kerry Collins, they got blown, Vikings got blown out of the building in that title game as well. Kerry Collins played the game of his life for the Giants, and two weeks later in the Super Bowl against Baltimore, he played terribly and that's kind of like what I was thinking about with Nick Foles because Foles played the game of his life in this game I mean he was unbelievable dropping passes perfect with precision deep down the field evading pressure and I'm sitting there and I'm saying like there's no way he's going to play this well in two weeks and that's just the way things sometimes things just line up and it's your year and I just the entire playoffs I have not been able to shake the feeling that this is just New England's year things are just Fall, things were just falling so well into place for them. You know, you look at the calls they got during the year, the Safarian Jenkins play, the Jesse James play at Pittsburgh, the Kelvin Benjamin play against Buffalo. You look at the way the playoffs lined up, where they, first of all, the the teams that would have at least made them break a sweat, in the, the wild card teams that could have at least made them break a sweat, were the Chargers and the Ravens, who got knocked out. And instead, you get two very soft wild card teams in Buffalo and Tennessee, and they end up drawing Tennessee in the second round. And then you get, you're able to get through the NFC playoffs without playing Kansas City or Pittsburgh, you know, the second or third best teams in the conference. And then you, you get to the, today, and I'll tell you, I, I thought, I, I said this in the preview, that I did not think Jacksonville's defense matched up well with them, matched up well with the Pats' offense. And I'll tell you, I thought that Jacksonville could, I, I wasn't surprised Jacksonville held them down as long as they did, because I felt like this Jaguars defense was good enough to hold them down for a portion of the game. I just didn't think they'd be able to hold them down for 60 minutes, and that's exactly what happened. And, you know, Brady finally came to life, and, you know, you can almost tell by Brady's body language how he feels. You know, you, there are points where you can tell he's frustrated, where he can't really figure things out. That's when McDaniel, Josh McDaniels was dialing up those trick plays. And then you have plays where... And then you have moments where you can just tell with his body language, he knows he's got it figured out. And that's how I felt those last that last drive or two for New England. And so now the Pats get Philadelphia, a Philadelphia team, which has a talented defensive talented defense. You know, they have a lot of talent on their team. And Foles played great on Sunday, but you have a team that not facing Carson Wentz. You know, you you don't have to you'd rather face Nick Foles because you gotta think Foles is not gonna play that well again. And so the, the, those those teams will meet in Minnesota, and the poor Minnesota Vikings fans who, you know, they're the one fan, they're may, maybe they're one of the few fan bases that can give Jets fans a run for their money. And more heartbreak in Minnesota after it looked like maybe it was finally finally their year, maybe they finally caught a break. 
And now it's not bad enough that their season ends this way. Now they have to be around the Super Bowl the next two weeks. This just as a reminder that their team fell a little short. So it's New England and Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. And we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about that more in the next couple of weeks. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it. iTunes and Spotify are among your options. And leave a good iTunes review if you enjoy it. Enjoy your Monday. We'll be back again on Tuesday.